beautiful soul. Welcome to the Quantum Business Queen podcast. This podcast is a vortex for activating wealth, riches, and boss bitches. It is here that I teach multi-dimensional business. Our content will fall under three different categories, 5D quantum creation, 4D frequency alchemy, and the most potent 3D strategy. Every aspect of business that contributes to the creation of success is covered here. Plus, I will be personally interviewing the most amazing boss bitches that are at the forefront of the game, paving the way for money, magic, and magnetism in business. Let's get ready to activate all of that within you. so much it is such an honor to have you here and the work you do is so powerful the way you speak is so powerful and it just does it just shifts something internally and I just wanted to like thank you firstly for being here but thank you so much for your dedication and your work and your service to just humans it is amazing to be in the presence of someone like you that's so passionate about wanting to do better and have people do better. And so thank you. Firstly, I just wanted to thank you for all of this. So let me introduce Brianna. So I don't know why, Brianna, you make me emotional in a good way. (laughs) I just, I just, your presence is very powerful and just what you're doing is powerful. So Reverend Brianna Lynn, I love this, is on a mission to bring more gratitude, aliveness, and deviance, and yes, you are, girl, (laughs) into the world. She mentors, coaches, and facilitates, speaks to women and men and others all around the globe. She has an unrelenting passion for authenticity, equality, travel, learning, healing, and deepening the connection to life, nature, and the great mystery. I love that. Her her current contributions include transformational public speaking and facilitation, one-on-one work with spirit, ethics, and psychedelic coaching with high-level CEOs. So freaking cool. So cool. And I've had some, like, really cool conversations with Nick. Um, And cultivating community in the Orgasmic Oracle Mystery School. And I have the link, and I'll share all of that with you guys. So, Brianna, if I missed anything, please let me know. But thank you so much. It's such an honor. I want to ask you what brought you to this and I'll, I'll hand it over to you because I just, you will just take it in whatever direction it needs to go. But um, what brought you to this point and like how important is it for you to instill and awaken people in their own legacy and what they're doing for humans? First of all, thank you for inviting me on Sarah from our, our interaction at Nick's event. And thank you for the intro with the bio. And I just, I just want to say I'm a student of life and I'm deeply connected to my existential mystery angst that I've held since I was a very little girl. Why the fuck are we on this weird planet? What's my purpose? And who's actually in charge? Like, where's daddy? Like, who, who's running this thing? Like, what? <laughs> I want to talk to the authorities here. I need to talk to the higher ups because there's some wackadoodles doing some wackadoodle shit here. I'm kind of all for not being able to walk on the streets and supposedly the best country in the world. I don't know. That's just me personally. Just me personally. Would like to have a convo with whoever the fuck designed this thing. Because there's some beauty here, but there's also some major bullshit. 
And so I think I've always been like a, a polarizer, right? I have a Gemini rising. I like to see what's happening and I like to run to the exact opposite side. Be like, how the fuck can I bring a little bit of deviance into the situation? And I do it in a somewhat playful way. I also have a dragon bitch. I curse a lot. I want to be very clear. I use a lot of F-bombs. It's part of my style. It's also part of intentionally decolonizing our language. It can make some people uncomfortable. You can look into your own shit outside of this container. I don't have time to exactly explain it. But please know that my indigeneity, the majority of my bloodline before it was Roman Christianized, Catholicized, is from the Akeni, the Etruscans, and the Sabines, the white witches of Europe. And our words that we used for expressing blessings were called curse words. And so part of the recalibration of redistributing power within language, I intentionally used the word fuck in order to upset the internal colonizer that has been implanted in all of us. So if you feel a little rub from that, that's fine. My ancestors were killed for it. So we'll just go with it. Okay. So my, my, my journey has been hilarious and wackadoodle and full of beauty and bullshit. And I think where I'm at today and why I felt inclined to say yes is one of my favorite things to share, to be a student of is how our human history, our personal history in our lifetime, but how our human history has kind of compressed itself to give us what we're experiencing today and acknowledging that we are the linchpins of what's going to happen for our descendants. And the most powerful tools that we have right now are our money, our businesses, and our attention outside of prayer and our magic work, right? That our vote in terms of a democratic charade is not going to be what changes our planet. Making millions and billions of dollars, I love all of you, is probably not going to be what you do. <laughs> that actually changes the planet. Love you. Make your millions for sure. We'll be lucky if we get into like the one or two. But we are most likely not going to jump into the 1% where we're actually sitting at the table with the Shahs of Iran and the dictators of the Chinese military industrial complex and the corporations who are in charge of the United States military industrial complex and actually able to make systemic change that will help prevent the demise of human capacity to live on Mother Earth. Because that's kind of where we're at, my friends. <laughs> our spiritual work now gets to come into our businesses and now gets to address social justice in a way where we're having a conversation around the direction of if our planet is going to be habitable or not, right? Like this isn't, this isn't like, oh, I'm going to be philanthropic when I make, you know, more than $150,000 a year. It's like, no, we're at the point where if our businesses are not speaking about social justice issues, go back into corporate. Hmm. My big stand is that the way we make money and the way we spend money and the format in which we're building our businesses, it's to have intrinsically built in a piece of social justice, hmm. a piece of economic justice a piece of what we stand for in our hearts, what brought us into our own need to do spiritual work and healing is not only a personal issue, it is a collective issue. And we actually can't heal personally. We actually can't heal our individual self until we are doing the work in the collective systems. This is a piece specifically in individualistic United States, Western Europe, Australia, that we're told if you do the work, if you build your business, 
if you have the house, if you have the kids, if you have the bank account, that you'll somehow achieve this enlightenment. Or if you do the spiritual thing right, you meditate, you do your personal practice, you do your own work, you'll somehow achieve this personal enlightenment. Here's the piece that is left out in both the the lie of the American dream or the Western dream and the lie of the spiritual dream is you can't do it alone. We are not interdependent. We are not independent. We are literally codependent. We need each other. We need each other in every way. We need communities. And I want to encourage, I want to utilize this space today to, to, to emphasize that you have the opportunity to build your business as a movement, as a community. The number one thing that I've, I've, I've been coaching for 13 years. I've been in the self-development world for 20 years. I did Landmark when I was 17 years old. I just turned 37 in November. I'll be 38 this year. I've been sitting with plant medicines for 15 years. I'm not an expert by any means. I don't pretend to know more than any of you. I understand that my age is young, but it's also really old in terms of the coaching world. I had my first coaching class when we didn't even have Zoom yet. We had teleconference. You know what I'm saying? Like we had a star to raise our hand and shit. Okay. What I've seen in the coaching world is it went from an industry where it was kind of fringe and people were starting to get into it into this overnight, like COVID, everyone's coaching kind of like energy. And for someone like me who's working on her mastery, what concerns me is the why. What concerns me is the intention. So I want to start at base one. As you're building your business, or if you already have your business built, it doesn't matter where you're at, because this should be a conversation that you're doing at least quarterly, is why the fuck am I doing this? Mm -hmm. What is my why? What inspires me? Yes, serving people. Yes, providing them liberation. Yes, making money. Notice the order there. Money gets to be in the conversation, but it does not get to be your number one. If it's your number one, go do something else. Please don't be an entrepreneur. We don't need any more, especially in like the spiritual healing, coaching, therapy. We don't need any more drivers with money as the number one. We need people with drivers of number one that's like service to continue to heal myself through my business and others. Because Lord knows what I teach, I need the most, right? Continue to heal myself and others through my business. Continue to provide my community of clients, staff, my family with access to tools for liberation. Number three, Make a shit ton of money, buy beautiful things, and support the projects that I care about on the planet. Money gets to be in there, okay? Number four is make a legacy impact that lives beyond me. That's what I want to dive into today with all y'all, is how do we create a legacy? Should I keep diving, Sarah? Do you have any questions? Please, oh love. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to hold it back. You flow, right. girl. I just keep going. I just, I just, I just one of those ones like, tell me how much time I have, and I have to restrict <laughs> myself in that time because I just, I love to hear myself just, talk. The, um, the only thing is, is what we, the the thing we spoke about, if we can incorporate that toward at any point, legacy. and also, if, yeah, yeah, legacy, and then um, if if any of you guys have questions, maybe just hold off if we can have a little space. For Q and A, if that's cool with you. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, honey. The <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that was mentioned in my in my intro is that I run a mystery school called Orgasmic Oracle Mystery School. Um, orgasmic is my is my word. It means radically alive. It, I use it interchangeably with God. It's a state that I am working on creating within myself and within others. I believe it's what we've been calling present. Like I want to be present. Like what does that actually mean? It means I'm in my body 
It means I'm feeling the things. It means I'm able to be current. I'm not being hijacked by the past or the future. And Oracle means I have a message. So I run a mystery school, which is a dedication to the infinite. It doesn't have a start date. It will never end until I die. And I hope to create a legacy where people will continue it on. It's not a course. It's a place to practice being an accessor of the infinite through your message. So I just want to name that that is my spiritual practice. My spiritual practice is to access the infinite through my spoken word, through my oracling. So to be here is a great privilege. Everything I put out on social media, all my public speaking, you can invite me to your retreats. I love teaching at other people's facilitations. I travel around the world to do my spiritual practice live. This is not an expertise. This is my practice. So I preface anything that I say today as it will probably change. It's open source. If something benefits you today, please take it and utilize it in your life. Just quote it back to me. If I'm using anything from a tradition that comes before me or a teacher that comes before me, I'll make sure to quote it back because I believe that's the way we can culturally appreciate and not appropriate. I'm here as a humble student of life, but I also know that I'm in practice of mastery. I do not pretend to know more than what I know, but I'm also here as an academic. I am a PhD candidate through the University of Glasgow, specializing in women's spirituality, looking at feminine-centric spirituality before 300 AD that focused on sexuality, plant medicine, and rituals, rites of passage. So I come as a practitioner in the spiritual realm. I come as a coach. I've coached over thousands, thousands of women mostly, some men, and and now a lot of non-binary people are coming into my field. I've done hundreds of groups, hundreds of facilitations, and my intention is always the same. Can I be more present with you? Can I bring more of me in my body in this moment to you? So that I'm not just talking about this as a concept, but I'm literally live practicing it with you. And you can feel a body that has dedicated herself to being here. And just notice the texture. Again, it's not better or worse than what anyone else is doing. I'm not saying I have the way. I'm saying I have practiced a way that is a feminine path. This is a dissension path. Most spiritual paths, especially the popular ones, are an ascension path. They talk about enlightenment, nothingness, calming the mind. Mind is a dissension path, an embodiment, a feel it all. Both of them end up at the same spot, which is all things are no things and no things are all things. The path that I speak of is a dissension path. It is the lunar moth traveling down the chakras, down into the body, down into the energy body. It is based in our feelings and it is deeply rooted to the earth. This is a path of Mother Gaia. This is it includes the stars and, and other things as, as part of the cosmology, but it roots us here as earth beings. So much of my reclamation in spirituality and what I bring to the table, especially when I'm in council with with indigenous people from around the world, is the study of my spirituality, the Akane, the Etruscans, the Sabines, the indigenous that I come from, the mystery schools of the Celtic lineages, the mystics, the mystery schools of the Alpian ways. These people would focus on Earth as the spiritual source, not the cosmos. So I love astrology. Don't get me wrong. Zeus and Hera, I'm all about the Olympians. We want to talk about like the celestial bodies, the Anunnaki, the Lemurians. Cool. I love all mythology. I'm going to be very clear. This is all mythology. These are representations of something that we can never describe. I believe Jesus Christ is a mythology. I believe 
Morgaine is a mythology. I believe Isis, the goddess, is a mythology. I believe all the Hindu gods. These are mythologies, ways of humans trying to create metaphor for something we actually cannot fully explain. My teacher's name is the great mystery, that which cannot be named. God, goddess I am, it has no name. Just like Lao Tzu said, if you can name the way, it is no longer the way. So I come as a student of that with deep respect for all spiritual and religious traditions and a lot of critique on anything that would have us be distracted from personal and collective power. A lot of these mythologies, a lot of these religions and spiritualities, including a lot of what is being regurgitated with the new age spirituality, are actually distractions from you empowering yourself in your actual physical earth community. This episode of the Quantum Business Queen podcast is sponsored by the amazing and the potent Becoming Magnetic to Money online course. You are going to be hearing from a soul who has had some phenomenal results by just embodying one of the concepts that were in a video. So without further ado, please meet an adored client of ours. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's Jackie from Rudy Nudie. And I've worked with Sarah for over the last four years and have learned so much from her along the way and honestly can say that my business has thrived due to the coaching and support that I've had from Sarah. To go through this Money Magnetism course was really quite amazing to realise so many things that were holding me back around money, lots of fear, lots of preconditioned ideas about money and not wanting to be overt in being focused on money and I can honestly say it has completely reinvigorated my energy in so many ways not just around money and inspiration for positivity letting the universe really guide my journey which I always believed it had and it has been quite incredible to see the different shifts with amazing little bonuses of money popping up along the way after listening to Sarah's course so I'm really grateful for Sarah's course. The content actually gave me goosebumps pretty much every session when I was listening to it. And the wisdom that Sarah is able to channel and share with us on money is quite mind-blowing and life-changing. Thanks again, Sarah. Really grateful for your course and for you. I love this testimonial. Chills down my spine. I don't know if it did for you as well, but if you want to dive in deeper, please refer to the show notes that has the full link so you can access the full in-depth and super potent Becoming Magnetic to Money online journey. Without further ado, here's the rest of the episode. Anytime we believe that we have the answer and someone else doesn't, we are otherizing ourselves, we are colonizing ourselves and someone else, and we are pedestalizing ourselves or demeaning ourselves. And none of that is useful on the spiritual path. The spiritual path is about equality. All beings are one being, and I find my joy in doing the highest good for all. The spiritual path is about equality. We need the janitors. We need the people cleaning out our toilets. We need the people picking up our trash so that we and be the ones who are meditating and bringing forward our spiritual gifts and our entrepreneurship. But we couldn't do it without them. Therefore, they are just as much on an important spiritual path as we are. Especially, my dad's a farmer, right? So I grew up working. Love to work. I'm the salt of the earth. I'll take out the trash for you any day. Like, it brings me great joy 
right? When I made, when I, when I had my first, my hands on like my first million dollars that I ever got to like interact with, that was mine to navigate around. My dad told me, don't you stop taking out the trash. You do not hire someone to take out your trash, Brianna. You keep it humble. And I was like, okay, dad, I got it. Can you grow my strawberries though? Cause I don't want a garden. Can you go? <laughs> but this journey of how, how do I want to build my legacy within my business? How starting to see your business as a microcosm of what planet earth could be. How do you want to treat your people? How do you want to hire people? How do you bring on clients? I call my clients flyants because they're usually like my best friends and my clients. So they're like my flyants and I fly around the world for them. Like fun little linguistic things that help decolonize the mind. So colonization is a phenomenon that happened around 1100 AD. And it was an expansion of what was happening within the Roman Catholic expansion within Europe. So there was a beautiful little cult called Christianity. They were actually called the fish, Ichthus. They were called the fish for the first like 330 years. They were just hanging out mostly around the Mediterranean. Their soldiers, right? These Ichthus soldiers were really into fighting because they believed in a paradise after this earth that was much better than Hades. So remember the Roman empire believed in the Olympian gods. They believed in the afterlife called Hades, which was kind of a boring hangout zone forever. But the Christians, the Ichthus, they believed in paradise after you died. So when they're fighting on the battlefield, they have a very different energy. Constantine the third, who was the Roman emperor, saw this and established Christianity as the Roman religion, which was the largest empire at the time. Christianity as the religion in order to control their military and get them to die, essentially, get them to kill themselves a little bit quicker. So that's how Christianity expanded throughout the Roman Empire. And then we saw the rise of the Catholic Church. And then we saw the persecution, prosecution of the witches, the indigenous Europeans, and then the the, the poor class. There were over 380 poverty level or what we call proletariat attempted revolutions in Europe before colonization before the european empires expanded outside of europe we saw the poor people of europe saying fuck this shit i name that because as a white presenting woman it's really important for us to know our indigenous roots why was it justified for european peoples to then go and murder and destroy and completely annihilate genocide huge groups of people because they did it to themselves first and they did it for almost a thousand years internally before they expanded globally. And then we saw the illegalization of drums, shakers and dancing in Europe around 600 AD. It was illegal for you to dance around a fire if you were a woman. You could get murdered on the spot. It's so fascinating reading these documents that are coming out of the Vatican. You know, the Vatican has over 12 stories down and across of documents, pottery, archives, all taken from indigenous Europe that we have never seen. Beads and feathers and mantles, and I'm just starting to get access to it. I have to be really careful about what I put out there publicly. The University of Glasgow luckily is okay with the Catholic Church, like they're getting the ins and ins. So my plan is 2024 is getting into those 12 stories myself and taking some pictures, you know what I'm saying? But there is a whole piece around legacy here around what is the English language. English was chosen because it is the most metric. It has a three, four cadence, and it's really easy to hypnotize people in English. It's really difficult to hypnotize people in Scots Gaelic. 
because the language is like water. It's all over the place. Try to hypnotize someone in, 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 in Nahuatl, which is one of the indigenous languages from Mexico. It's almost impossible because the language is like water. Most indigenous languages are like water or wind, or they have this own movement and they have this way of being poetic. And if I came to you speaking like this in English, you'd be like, what the fuck is up with this spoken word hippie? Like, what can we do? Right? So in English, we direct each other like this. There's a very different cadence. It was specifically chosen by the Roman Empire, which never died. It became the royal five countries of Europe. English was chosen as the language of commerce. So we have the expansion of the British Empire around the world, but if you wanted to do commerce, not just with the Brits, but the Dutch, the Spanish, the Portuguese, the French, they all decided that English was going to be the language that they did their commerce in. So here we are, modern day, trying to be entrepreneurial women. And we're like, why is this so hard? Because it feels fucking icky, right? To be speaking a language that's not ours, to have almost no connection to the majority of our indigenous people, even if you're not white presenting, it's been colonized so deeply and wrongified and then like strangely romanticized, like, oh, dots and feathers, like we want them all, but like we don't want to talk about the enslavement that has happened of all peoples who weren't expansion colonists. So it's this really interesting place. And then we want to go make money because we need to in order to function in our society currently. Like the cost of living is such an, a weird conundrum for my indigenous body, right? Like, like build a lean-to by a river, motherfucker. Like why are we talking about cost of, oh, because we've built this whole structure where it actually costs us just to exist. That wasn't the intention of the earth. Did you know our earth grows its own food? It's really fucking cool. Like there are things here that we actually don't have to pay for in order to eat. We've created systems in order to pay people that do not benefit the majority of humans. So when we talk about entrepreneurship and building a business, I like to bring bring to the fact that we're first kind of starting in a fucked up place, right? And I'm, I'm a big fan of being in rapport with what is in order to get to where we want to go. I'm a big fan of not spiritually or mentally or academically bypassing any step because it's really easy to be like, let's just love and light and visualize ourselves into this place. And it's like, tell me a GPS that can get you to where you want to go without knowing your current location. Show me that magnificent thing, right? It's, it's, it's an argument that Dr. Joe Dispenza and I have quite a bit because he's really big on the visualization of, of what you want it to be and not focusing on the what is. And I tell him, if we don't focus on the what is, we will never be able to address racism. My friends, we actually can't have the conversation about sexual assault if we're not also talking about the what is. This doesn't mean don't visualize. This doesn't mean don't create. Yes, please do all of those things. That's the masculine path. That's the 180 degrees above ground. That is absolutely necessary. You need to visualize what you want. You get to feel what you want. The 180 degrees below ground, this is the feminine path. This is the dark path. This is the path of the indigenous who walk into the forest to be by themselves for 40 days. That side is needed just as much as the side of building your business externally. Within the side of the lower, the 180 degrees below ground, this is where the intuition lives. This is where the dark feminine and the dark masculine live. 
And this is also where our ancestors and our descendants live. It's an energetic field that cannot always be seen, but is always perceived. It is what we feel in our bodies when we actually think about happiness. And that part that's like, all these parts are happy and these parts could just fucking die like that. It's always there. <laughs> and this, we're, we're coming out of a Disneyfication, a Christianization of what is good and bad, what is light and dark. And as an indigenous speaker, I'm here to tell you that for 10,000 years before the Roman civilization, our relationship with the dark was one, was, was one of harmonization. It was not about running away from the darkness. It was not about fixing our shadow. It was about having a relationship with these dark aspects of ourselves. because here's the fucking truth. They're never going away. Oh, I know. You thought you could meditate yourself out of your anger. Not happening. Sorry, bitches. Not happening. You thought you could meditate yourself out of the call of the children who are being raped right now on the planet? I hope not. And the reason why it affects women more is because we have a really cool hormone called estrogen, which is literally a hormone that connects every single nerve ending in our body to every other nerve ending. Testosterone doesn't do it in the same way. The estrogen that lives in our body is incredibly powerful. It connects us like a mycelium network within ourselves. And we have something that is really powerful in our brain called neurodendrites. They're a specific type of cell that activate an energy. They also live in our heart. Every human being has a type of neurodendrite in our heart. Female bodies, the ones with uteruses, even if you don't have a full uterus, if you were just born with female genitalia, you have neurodendrites between your legs. Yes, that is correct. You have brain cells in your womb. And the cool thing about brain cells is what happens when you start to think about someone, it activates their neurodendrites because the way that they activate, they actually don't touch they send electromagnetic frequency one to another. Have you ever had the experience where you think about someone and they just call you? Or you're feeling someone and they literally walk in the door? Or you're like, huh, I'm thinking about getting a white Toyota Camry and a white Toyota Camry just like drives right in front of you? So science is finally catching up to my ancestors, okay? And our minds are a part of reality. The brain matter our womb matter and our heart matter emits electromagnetic frequency, which can be measured in waves. It matters. It's literally matter that we can now measure by EKG machines. They finally caught up to the witches. They finally caught up to the indigenous people that say, ah, your mind controls your reality. Your heart emits a frequency. Your womb emits a frequency of creation at all times. It's whether or not we're being conscious co-creators with it that matter. It's already, you're already always manifesting. P.S. You're great at it. You've manifested everything in your world. We'll manifest it. That's not like that. You will manifest everything in your world. Are you intentionally will manifesting what you want now and next? So let's take it a, a notch deeper. I'm going to lead you into a little exercise. We're going to do some work with our ancestors and our descendants. This is a feminine practice. This practice comes from one of my teachers named Richard Bandler, and he's taught an amazing line of work called neurolinguistic programming. He got the majority of his work from Carl Jung and an amazing group of people called the Zulu Nation from South Africa. He spent a lot of time there and did not refer his work back to them. And part of my work is to be like, hey, 
white dude. You came up with some good ideas. But you happen to take it from these people over there and never talk about it. Fascinating. So I just want to name the Zulu Nation specifically from South Africa for giving Richard Bandler a lot of insight into his neuro-linguistic programming and also work around ancestry. So we're going to do just a, a little meditation. You can keep your eyes open. You can close them. You can move your body. I'm a big fan of breath, sound, movement, touch. So I may be cueing you to do some breath and some sound work. I'm going to be undulating and moving because that's what happens when the energy starts to move through me. You can do whatever you want. I like the camera on because then I can see your responses and what's working. But if you need to turn the camera off and like do your thing, do your thing. We are going to be calling in your ancestors. This can bring up a lot of beauty. This can bring up a lot of shit because we've all been oppressed. and We've all been oppressors. And so we're going to talk to that. And then we're going to call in some of our descendants and really feel into what kind of business they want us to have. Mm. So we're just going to check in with our peoples. This is a dissension feminine path practice. I developed it ultimately, but it is influenced by my teacher, Richard Bandler, who is influenced by Carl Jung, the psychologist and the Zulu nation of South Africa. So I'm just going to close my eyes here. Start by taking a few deep breaths into the belly. As we open up the space with gratitude and thanksgiving, we're calling upon our ancestors, those who have come before us in a respectful way. We're calling upon the highest aspects of our ancestors, whatever they did in the earth dimension, be it good, be it bad, be it light, be it shadow. We're calling upon the spirit, the highest aspects of our ancestors. So just wanted you to take a moment, visualize yourself, imagine yourself sitting at the bottom of a stadium. You're the closest to the field and there's thousands of bleachers behind you if you look up and behind you can't even see the top of the bleachers behind you it's a blue sky day green field you're here at the grass maybe you can smell the grass even and you're just here by yourself for a moment nice deep breath over your left shoulder calling your blood mother the one who held you in her womb Whoever raised you in this lifetime, we say thank you, but we're calling in your blood mother over your left shoulder, your matriarchal line, the one who gave you your first home. Whether she chose it or not, the highest version of her wanted you. The highest version of her signed a contract that said, yes, I will give birth to this child. I will be the mother to this child. So for that, we just say thank you. Whatever happened after that, we're not going to touch today, but just for today, for the energetic of being our first home on this planet, we say thank you. We honor you. Thank you, Mother. Over our right shoulder, we're going to call in our father. My father who gave the seed to my mother, who created the union within my home in order to bring forward my body, in order to bring forward my soul and my mind. Thank you, Dad. For whatever he did after that moment of seed, we're not going to touch on today, but to the highest version of him that signed the contract to help create me to that version of dad, to that version of my father, I say thank you. We're now going to call in our grandparents line. They're the next bleacher chair up from our parents over our mother's left shoulder is our grandmother, our matriarchal grandmother. And over our mother's right shoulder is our grandfather, our matriarchal grandfather. And then over our father's left shoulder is our grandmother, our patriarchal grandmother. 
And then over our father's shoulder or his right shoulder is our patriarchal grandfather. Breathe as we call in our grandparents. And for that moment of conception that they said yes to in order to create our mother and father, in order to create us. Whatever happened in their lives before or after that moment, we're not going to touch on today. But for the highest version of themselves that said yes to that single moment of creating a seed that then grew into a human, that then grew into a moment, that then grew into you. Nice deep breath. Exhale with a sound. Ha. As we call in our matriarchal and patriarchal grandparents. We're going to call in our great grandparents now over our grandmother's shoulder, her left shoulder, our great grandmother, over her right shoulder, our great grandfather, over our grandfather's left shoulder, our great grandmother, over our grandfather's right shoulder, our great grandfather. And on our father's side, over his mother, our grandmother's left shoulder, our great-grandmother. And over our grandmother's right shoulder, our great-grandfather. And over our grandfather's left shoulder, our great-grandmother. And over our grandfather's right shoulder, our great-grandfather. And notice this set of great-grandparents. This beautiful, amazing array that the moments that they came together to create a seed, that then created a seed, that then created a seed, that then created you. Nice deep breath. We are grateful for that moment. Whatever happened before and whatever they did after, we're not touching on in this moment, but we're just calling in the highest version of our great grandparents that said yes to our existence. great-grandparents. We have our great-great-grandparents. Please place the mothers over the left shoulders and the fathers over the right shoulders, respectively. Five, six, bench seats up. Go ahead and start to fill in the ancestors, the mothers over the left shoulders, the fathers over the right shoulders, respectively, as we build up the stadium behind us. Seven times 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 seven generations. Nice deep breath. Exhale with a sound. We just call in our ancestors and the ancestors of our ancestors. All the way back to the original pair. Maybe you can't even see them in your stadium. It's billions of people now. All the way back to the original ones who said yes to making the human seed. Noticing that everyone in this space here alive and catching the recording, that is our ancestor. Our set of ancestors, the one ancestor pair that we all share. All beings are one being, and we truly are the happiest when we're working for our family. From that singular ancestor pair, feel the love that they had for life and allow that love for life and their love for their children and the love for the children to come trickle down like a golden river from them way up in the bleachers all the way down through all your ancestors, golden river of light 
just starting to stream down from all of your great, 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 great grandparents all the way down, trickling down, down, down until it reaches your great, great grandparents, your great grandparents, your grandparents, your parents. You breathe it in. This golden light of love. Any moment you want to call in your ancestors, all you have to do is whisper, ancestors. Any moment you would like guidance from their place of wisdom, from their highest self, from the ones who have surpassed the trauma. Once they're dead, they have released the trauma. So we're calling upon that version of our ancestors, the ones who've released and healed their trauma. We're calling upon the highest version of our ancestors in any moment that we say, ancestors. Just feel that power. It's humble. It's brave. It's true. It's you. Feel that power in your body. Feel that power in your heart. You just allow the ancestors to trickle and wave and undulate over you. And just notice in the preciousness of this, if we were to pluck any one of them out of that system, the entire light system would go out. If any of them were not there, the entire golden river would cease to exist. And you would not be. And so for that, we say thank you. And just in your mind's eye, I invite you to turn around to your ancestors and just for that golden light, again, whatever they did in this lifetime, whatever they did during their time on earth, that's not what we're addressing. We're addressing the moment that they came together to create the child that became your ancestor. For that, we say thank you. Without you, I would not be. I am because you are. Without you, I would not be. I am because you are. Without you, I would not be. I am because you are. On that third one, just take a bow, a nice Shinto style respect to the ancestors bow. We're going to allow this golden light to continue. I want you to call in your descendants, any children that you've given birth to, any children that you influence in your life, all of your clients and potential clients, all of your students, anyone who's ever been impacted by anything you've read or written on social media, anyone who's ever been impacted by any of your work, any garden you've ever grown, any impact you've made on anyone, anything, or any place on this planet is your descendant. Yes, your DNA children. Yes, the children you care for. Yes, any child that you choose to adopt within your family and beyond the places and people that you affect with your golden light. Calling all of your descendants now, we're going to allow the stadium in front of us, that grass just drops out and the bleachers continue down. It was an escape, a surprise escape door. And right in front of you are the children and the people who are most influenced by you. The immediate people that you see day to day, 
the bodies and the energies that you're immediately influencing with the beacon that you are. And then start to see the people that they touch and their children and their descendants and allow it to build down seven times 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 seven into the infinite future of humanity. Nice deep breath. Our prayer is for the infinite future of humanity. May we create businesses and places and spaces that allow for the infinite future of humanity. And just notice the bridge between the ancestors and the descendants is you right here in this body, in this breath, in this moment. Breathing with me, breathing with you, breathing with each other as we just honor all of our descendants, those who are here and those who are yet to come. Seven times seven times infinity generations. to the highest self of all of these future ones and to the human self of all of these future ones when you're ready nice deep breath and just do a gentle bow as we are practicing we are training to become a good ancestor in this moment Taking a few breaths here and just noticing the golden light coming from the one ancestor pair billions of lifetimes away and just letting it trickle down to you and allowing that golden light to amplify in you. Make it bigger through your words. Make it stronger through your business. Make it more true in your integrity and make it more connected with everyone that you love. You're amplifying that golden light and sending it forward into your descendants. Anytime you want to remember your descendants, anytime you want to integrate them in your business, anytime you want to think about them, all you have to do is whisper. Just practice it with me. For the ancestors, for our descendants, we bring in this consciousness. This moment is allowed to be accessed with these words in whatever place and whatever space any of these individuals are in at any time. We notice that we are the linchpin between our ancestors and our descendants. We are training to be good ancestors. We are training to be responsible ancestors. We are training to be ones who can be looked upon and called upon, not just for our highest self, but also for our wisdom and our care and our legacy. To be called on by our descendants is the definition of a legacy. To be asked for our insight, to utilize the brands and the beacons that we've created to amplify our money out. Money is the paint. What art are we going to make with that paint? That is the legacy. When we stand here as creators of legacy, I invite you from this day forward to start to see your business, your relationships, the way you move as a legacy. Not a retirement plan not a way to pay bills only. It can be those things too. 
But first and foremost, this is the positive imprint that I want to leave on planet Earth. And I call upon business, sacred business, to be a tool to do that. Breathe it in. Just be here in the fields of your ancestors and your descendants. What it feels like to be alive, to be a living ancestor. Just take a moment to say thank you to all the ancestors who appeared in this space. The space got really squishy, really cramped with everyone's ancestors in the Zoom meeting. We're so grateful. We're saying thank you to all the descendants, all of those who are here and yet to come. The ancestors, I am because you were. To the descendants, I am because you will be. And they look back to us and say, I am because you were. And the ancestors look to us and say, I am because you will be. And we stand here in right relationship with the cycle of life. Calling upon our sacred businesses to be a beacon and a positive imprint for our lives. For all of those that we get to serve and touch. And may our sacred businesses and what we're creating these gifts, these offerings, humble, proud, go to touch all of the people that we're here to serve, all of our relations and all of our creations. And may our work, our prayer, our play go out to touch all sentient beings on this planet and beyond across all timelines, planets and possibilities now and forevermore. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen, amin, aho, ashe, osha. And so it is. Blessed be. Nice deep breath here. When you're ready, we'll just gently open our eyes, coming back into this shared space. No rush. No hesitation. Just in your own time. Letting this really land in your body, land in your nervous system. For whatever's true for you, what lands, let it land. If it doesn't, that's totally okay too. all of you to start to play with your ancestors. Whispering them in is really helpful. Um, I like to get pictures from my mom and my grandma and I have a little ancestor altar in my home. And I have a descendant altar of my two little girls and my two little dogs and my two little snakes in my garden. And I have like little figurines of like the descendants to come. And I just like to visit them once a day to like like little treats. 
they like like to light a candle once in a while. And I've kind of created my own ritual out of this, a little bit influenced by Dia de los Muertos. I lived for a year in Bolivia, and their celebration of Day of the Dead is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Every November 1st, they go to the graves, the graveyards, the tombstones, and they party. Like, I've never seen the full mariachi there grilling up the qui, which are guinea pigs. Guinea pig is a delicacy in Bolivia. And they're going to town. They're drinking the chicha, like, in the cemetery. Full party. Full, like, but, like, not mournful, like, high-level celebration. And I was like, this is a very different relationship with death than what I've used to, right? In my, like, Italian, you know, farming, suburban meets Americanized weirdness. So I want to invite with this practice is to develop your own ritual with your ancestors and your descendants in relationship to your entire life, but specifically in relationship to your sacred business. I've noticed that this one consideration, this one distinction has been something that has really supported the people that I work with to amplify their awareness of social justice and amplify their awareness of their global impact without needing to read CNN articles. It's like once you start considering your ancestors and your descendants, the, the stuff will come into your field that's for you to give your attention to. The ancestors know, the descendants know, like, oh, we need you to speak on issues of race and gender equality at this event. And you happen to have a sacred business that involves spirituality. Cool. We need you to address this issue of gun violence. We need you to address this issue of police brutality. We need you to address this issue of women's equality. We need you to address this issue of non-binary human rights. We need you to address this issue of indigenous rights. Because the ancestors and descendants are looking at the systems, not just your personal journey. They have an amplified view of what humanity is doing. So when we start to tap into that, social justice was the first thing that fell into my field. And that's not what I was expecting. I thought I was going to get more psychic gifts. I thought I was going to read people's auras from a distance. Great. No, they were like, you need to get on the streets, reactivate your activists, but do it in a way where you're centered and you're not screaming at people, but loving them. Be the love warrior. Our ancestors and our descendants don't expect us to be a revolution. They expect us to be an evolution. And that's what they're here to encourage us with. So thank you again, Sarah, for having me here. Oh, my love. Thank you so much. Seriously, thank you so much. You're just so powerful. I could see tears, people wiping their faces. And it's exactly what this is exactly this is exactly what I was hoping, like that impact I received from you. And I'm so glad that everyone was able to receive this gift because this is what it's about. It's about the legacy. It's about a legacy. And when you have the fuel that is a legacy, that is the driver. That is the driver. I think so many people, when they try to have a business, it's like, what's going to motivate me? This is the driver. This is the motivation. This is it. This This is our why. This is it. Yes, this is it. Like, this is the secret sauce, the fuel. Like, that's the thing that people need to get them over the humps, over the fears, over the edges. This is the thing I, like I said, out of the whole retreat with Nick, I was like, who is this woman? Brianna is just something, something other, otherworldly, like such an energetic power. And it just is so moving and so inspiring. And we want to make sure like guys ever struggling. Number one, we lean in, but it's about the legacy. It's not about us. I think when we get caught in the struggle, it's because we make it about us. 
it's about the legacy. So always come back to that. So I'm going to put Brianna's mystery school link up here. I want you guys to check it out. Everyone needs to have a look at it and stay connected to this work and this energy and this power and all of this. So I wish I had words to thank you. I'm so truly grateful to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure, Sarah. Thank you all for your listening. And yeah, Orgasmic Oracle Mystery School, it's 33 US dollars a month. I do a live every week. I'm on there answering the chat all the time. We have all of my recorded podcasts of over 200 pieces of content on there. It's an archive and we go through one theme a week and it's play as you want. It's not a course, so you don't have to do all of it. You can come just for the lives. You can come just when you feel like it. But really what it is, is a place to practice infinite spirituality. So there's no dogma. There's no have tos. I have definitions of things that are called open source definitions. You can take them and change them. I'm practicing circles, not pyramids. So right now, while I'm the hub of it, I don't consider myself the pinnacle of it. And we're just practicing. It's a place to have spiritual practice in a community. We have our daily or our weekly lives. I'm on there every day. And then once a quarter, we have in-person in Southern California and also in Europe. So I'm, I'm kind of by coastal in that way. So if you're ever around, we'll be posting when those are. You're more than welcome to come out for a weekend and just be in the practice together in person. We have like 150 people on there now and it's an incredible space. So all of you are welcome and invited to come play. It's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening today, beautiful soul. I hope you got so much gold and were activated in such a way that you could step into your highest timeline of abundance and freedom because it is more than possible for you. If that desire has been planted in your soul, it is so deliberate. If you wouldn't mind, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast so that we can get this message into the hearts and ears of more amazing light beings across the world. I would love to continue this conversation with you. So feel free to get in touch on Instagram at sarah.tynan.quantumcoach. If you're a Facebook person, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Sarah Tynan International. And please don't ever forget, if your desire is there, it's because your destiny is there too. You just have to remember who the you are. Bye for now, beautiful.